Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Corporate Courtney. For those of you who don't know, I'm your host, Courtney Johnson. And the piggyback off of last week's episode, we're talking hair. Right now, I'm letting the curls flourish. I finally accepted the fact that hairdressers are opening and only crazy people are out there risking their lives to get their hair done. And I needed a good conditioning treatment before my curls revolted. And unfortunately, I'm not one of these black girls that can braid to the scalp. I blame no one but my mother. We can pass down the recipes, but hula hooping and cornrows weren't pertinent. So I retired my wigs to their heads in the closet. But something I subtly did without thinking, because I do this a lot, I waited until Friday after work to switch it out. Now, it was dry and itchy long before Friday, and I'm doing it myself. I can unbraid and wash and condition myself. So why did I wait till Friday? And it's simple. Trauma. I've changed my hair a numerous amount of times in my life. And unfortunately, it always has some sort of pomp and circumstance around it. And I hear you. You would want people to compliment your new do. But some of it's more than just complimenting. It's straight up fanfare. Like like I'm a person at the zoo and people bought tickets to come and see the new black girl's hair. And I'm from the burbs, so I have taught a number of white people about the differences in black women's hair, how it has cultural implications to it, how it just makes me feel good. I mean, one time I heard this interview with Jill Scott, and it stuck with me literally forever. She said, hair is an accoutrement. Hair is jewelry, it's just an accessory. And from then on, I was like, well, I change out my earrings almost daily. So who cares how often I change out my hair? But without fail, there's always somebody who's got to have something to say. I remember this one time in college, I changed my hair from like, just like this permed, my hair was probably to my chin. And then I went into braids. And this girl was like, oh my God, how did your hair grow so fast? And my friend Adria quickly was like, oh, it's juices from the berries that she eats. And she was like, what? She was like, oh, yeah, she has these magic berries that make her hair grow. And I know that girl never saw coming to America, so it didn't feel wholeheartedly right to laugh at her. But man, the look on her face, and I'm sure the Google searches to this day, she's still pressed about what berries I was eating to make my hair grow. Or this other time after I did the big chop, my hair was less than an inch long. I mean, pressed to my head. And this girl came up to me and asked me, was it a weave? Like, are you serious? Is this for real? And my friend Tyler will never let that go. I think he laughed at her for a good whole 20 minutes. And to this day, I don't think that girl will ever have an ounce of respect to him. But that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? Like growing up, When soccer teams were painting their hair for championship games, my mom wasn't playing that. We didn't play with each other's hair. Especially when girls wanted to braid each other's hair, that wasn't going to fly. 
I went with my hair pulled up and a bun on top of my head to school, and that is exactly how it better come home before my mama tries to kill me. And I couldn't always go swimming like the rest of the girls because, well, I just got my hair pressed out or I just gotten a perm, and so there was no way we were ruining that. I remember this one Easter where I spent the entire Saturday morning in the hair salon where Miss Johnson had hot combed my hair to the tea. I mean, that hair was slinging. I looked like a little girl in the Just For Me box. And I was playing in the yard that afternoon with my little friend Mallory, who lived down the street. And yes, Mallory is white. And she turned the hose on me. And my hair was drenched. My soul actually left my body that day. The walk home to try and figure out how I was going to explain to my mother that my hair was ruined, I wish that on no child. I wish that on no person. But my mother was so calm, like that scary calm, and she just started over from scratch. She washed it, she blow-dried it, and she pressed it out herself on the stove with her hot comb. And if I had thought about even remotely acting like she burned me, I think she would have taken the whole hot comb across my face. So I say all that to say, I've grown up having to explain the differences about my hair. I've grown up having to understand how white girl hair works and explaining how black girl hair drinks in oil, needs oil, and theirs produces oil. So it's not exactly me against white people and it's not shocking or new. But it still gets to me when I'm sitting in a meeting and I'm trying to present on something or explain something and the little lady across the table says, I'm sorry, I can't focus on anything you're saying because I just can't stop looking at your hair. What part of me is supposed to take that positively? Like, I get it. It looks good. I paid the money for it. I know. But what I'm trying to bring to the table is a value to this company. And instead of you being able to take it in and listen, you're more worried about my hair. So I say all of that to say, I did my hair that Friday night because coming in after the weekend shocks people a little bit less. It's not an overnight change from a knee-jerk reaction. They have time to deal with it. It helps me avoid backlash and it curbs their shock. But why does my hair matter so much? I mean, if a white girl got her hair dyed from blonde to auburn on a Wednesday afternoon, everyone's just going to say, oh, new color. And at the worst, probably, oh, she's going through some breakup problems or some men problems. And as a black woman, I'm not free from that. I changed my hair from braids back to my fro because I just didn't have time to get it done in between. And I had one of my engineers say, are you going through relationship problems? And this man is of Indian descent. He has picked up that women can only want to change their hair due to some man. And really, my braids were looking rough and getting an appointment at that time just wasn't going to happen anytime soon. And as a black woman, I know that shouldn't bother me, but it does. And other black women get it. You get your hair done and all you're getting are compliments and a side look that kind of says, so who says something so far? They know it's coming. I know it's coming. And unfortunately, White people still haven't gotten on board to know that they're going to do the same thing. How can they just be so unaware? Why are they trying to get to know more black people in general? It's hair. Get over it. Memorize my face. Try to figure out who I am without 
just the shape of my hair or how I was wearing it. I mean, even if I go from just wearing it down to wearing it in a bun, people don't even know who I am. That's ridiculous. And I'm sure they've had other black women tell them what it is before, but they choose to be ignorant. But the anxiety that weighs for me is unbearable. And I hate it. I hate prepping for it. I'm better at it now, but there used to be a point where before I went into the office, I prepped myself in the mirror on what I would say to different things. Hey, nice hair. Thank you. New do? Yes, it is. Thank you for asking. How did you get your hair to grow so long? It just did. Or, or scrap that, scrap that. What if I said, I bought it and just told them the straight up truth. And from time to time, I do that. I don't have a set playbook or a script to what I'm going to say. Sometimes it just comes out and it depends on what kind of morning I've had and what kind of strength my coffee was. Black hair in itself is such a hot topic, even in the black community. There are ways to wear it. There are the right ways to wear it. There are colors I stay away from. Like I've always wanted to do a candy red dye job, kind of like Rihanna or K. Michelle. But I don't because it won't be professional. And in college, I was trying to get internships. And before that, I was trying to get into a good college. There was always a reason that I couldn't do it. And there are styles that I shouldn't rock. After I did the big chop, um, I went to an internship in Atlanta for a pretty diverse company, and the black women in there were telling me I shouldn't be wearing my fro in the office, that I should put it up in braids or figure out something to do with it. This was Atlanta in 2013. We were coming of age rocking natural hair again, and, and here I was being chastised for it in the office place by more black women. Now, this is shortly after Is It a Weave comment, so it's not just black women who weren't down with it. It was white women still trying to get up on the curb, too. But black women's hair is always such a touchy subject, regardless of race. I hate the mundane, so I'm going to continue to change my hair whenever I feel like it and whenever it looks good. But I hate the idea that there's some sort of guilt around it some sort of anxiety around it, some sort of maybe I shouldn't do this with my hair because of X, Y, and Z. It irks me that it even has to be a conversation. I want it to be a haircut. I want it to be a dye job. I want it to be just like any other change any other person makes in the office. Because I didn't do it for office folk. I did it for me and the people I meet outside of the office. And maybe some fine dude down the corner. And maybe that's not why you should change your hair, so don't do it for men. But like, you know, I'm still human. I got reasons to do my thing. And it has nothing to do with my eight to five. So for every black woman who's been working in corporate America and you've been struggling on figuring out what to do about wanting to change your hair or how to do it, I don't have the answer. Like I said, I shoot from the hip when I do it and it happens. And I've been working in corporate America for five years straight and I really don't have a good answer. But what I will tell you is, don't let them curb who you are. If changing your hair brings you joy and it brings you some sort of excitement and you don't like the mundane also and a bob is perfect for this week and maybe golden locks are best for next, do it. I think it's just something that we as a black people have to come to terms with, try to usher people through it, Try to help other black girls who are coming up know that this is going to be something. 
so they're not blindsided. Because if you've never been around white people and the first time you do that, someone says something of some sort of shock value, it hurts. To tell me that what I'm saying is not of value because my hair is different is demeaning. And I was prepared for it. So imagine a black girl growing up in an all-black society, went to an HBCU, and the first time she changes her hair, someone white has something slick or smart to say about it. We got to start teaching our girls and, and teaching each other about the things that we're seeing in the office place. Get ourselves prepared. Maybe come up with something that, that suits us and makes us feel better. And that doesn't have to be on a, on a wide scale. All black girls got to say this when they change their hair. But if we have the tools to stop letting other people assault us and us just taking it or us not knowing what to say about it and being really upset about it for the full day, because sometimes I fume about that for hours, we could start having these dialogues with people so that they know it's coming, that they know that a lot of people aren't prepared for your quick changes and not to stop doing it, but just to know that it's coming. So that's what really this podcast is about. Dissecting what's happening in corporate America and kind of letting other people know that you aren't alone. This is one of those scenarios. Your hair is not specifically your hair journey anymore. It's the black hair journey. And I know I don't have to say this, but don't let no white people put their hands in your hair either. You are not a dog. You do not need to be pet. No curl needs to bounce. And no, it may look soft, but no, you may not touch it. And no amount of grace and allowing them to do that is going to change them. Sometimes people just don't want to learn and don't want to know. So you can make your efforts. You can try to teach people, but don't be surprised when it comes back and hits you again. It's not just going to stop. And that's all I got for you this week. Keep doing you. Keep wearing your hair however you want to wear your hair. And don't let others tear you down for it. Don't let that anxiety keep you from being the you that you are. You rock that weave. You go ahead and you shake those crochets. And it doesn't make you any less professional. And it doesn't make you any different. Sometimes you are you and that's it, period. It's not a black or white thing. It's not a hair thing. You're you. And if that's how you show it through your hair, keep it pushing, doll. So I want to hear some of your fun stories about hair in corporate America. And I get they may not be fun. They may be a little more traumatizing. But if you've had an experience that you just were like, they have got to hear about this, please send them to me at thecorporatecourtneypodcast at gmail.com. And you can DM me on all the socials at underscore corporate court. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Share with your friends about this podcast. Let them know that something out there is happening for black women in corporate America. And until next time, Toodles.